Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off starts. Oh, what a Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! To the Sneaker History Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. Of course, I'm Mike. We got Roy. We're running the two-man game today. So, without you know any kind of delay, Roy, how's it going, my man? Oh, happy New Year, Mike. I know that we are outside the statute of limitations for when we can wish each other happy New Year, but I don't think I've seen you since the New Year. So sorry, Larry David. Sorry, people in our community that are going to come down with me with a fury of a thousand suns. I just wanted to wish my guy, Mike, a happy New Year. Hope you have the best year ahead of you, Mike. You know me, man. Just we're, all we're doing is either rocking or we're copping. So what did you oh, rock and cop for the very first 2023 episode of our favorite reoccurring segment? Yeah, man. So I actually brought out an old runner, which is going to be the Adidas Supernova Cushion 7. Uh, this is one that just doesn't get a lot of love because everyone's always either talking about the you know New Balance 2002s or everyone's drooling over the Nike Volmero, which I do want to try out. But these are super comfortable mixture of Adiprene and Adiprene Plus. So uh, can't can't forget about this one. This is super nice. Um, and I guess to keep it in Adidas family, they release very quietly. It's on their website now. I shouldn't even tell you guys because I don't want you to go buy it. For all my Marvel fans out there, there's a Doctor Doom stan smith out there it is super simple it looks like a premium like kind of cream colored leather and instead of saying stan smith on the side it says dr doom inside has comic book insoles and i think the back says it's not easy being green or something like that it's that is sick right (laughs) how why i mean is somebody like want to catch them all? I know I'm confusing the uh, universes, if you will. But yeah, the Marvel ins- uh, the Doctor Doom insoles are fantastic. Oh, so Being bad. green, how is this still a thing, dude? And it's just such a quiet, so like complex release. Like a little Instagram, like oh, upcoming. I was like, let me look at the website. It's but if you go to the 35 colors of Stan Smith, like towards the end of it, full size run. And I'm hoping. Hoping they still hang around for a little while. Because I ended up buying a pair. We'll look at it at a later time. I was like, dang it. I don't want to just go crazy and buy another. So I have to wait. Why not? Because I'm currently on the Adidas website right now. And I never realized this metric. But you get certain classifications. So this is saying this style is officially popular. Because 55 people have bought this in the last 24 hours. But to your point, Mike, we've got a full size run. And, you know, as somebody that's on one side of the industry, I can't really rock these unless I want to lose my job. But this (laughs) is, if you're brand agnostic, please do yourself a favor and pick you up a pair because these are fantastic. 
You have to. It goes perfect with this sweatshirt too. Like it just like got my X Men sweatshirt going on, and just Doctor Doom. Like oh my, like Adidas, what a secret drop! You guys, you know what you did there. No, no. I not only did they know what they did, they almost paid disrespect to my man Victor Von Doom. Because if there's anything Victor Von Doom is, it is not understated. That oh, man yeah. knows how to make an entrance, let's say, <laughs> and he, along with your X Men, represent the two biggest what ifs. Because right now. It's kind of been mid for Marvel, and we're going a little bit into Marvel history and not sneaker history. But if they don't uh, land the plane, so to speak, or if they don't ace the landing when it comes to the implementation of Doctor Doom and Mar- uh, the X-Men, it might be real quiet for Marvel. So like I said, do yourself a favor. Buy it for yourself. If not, buy it for me because I wish I could buy these. <laughs> Live vicariously through my wear. <laughs> uh, might have to happen. It might happen. But what you got, Roy? What you got going on over there rocking and copping? So from a rocking perspective, as well as a copying perspective, one of my New Year's resolutions this year is just to be out and about. And I actually took inspiration from not only the World Cup, but I know your son is going through his global football jersey or journey, which involves wearing a couple of different jerseys. But one of the things that is a benefit of Nike is the van, which is our internal sample set, uh, site. And I was able to get these Phantom GTs for 30 bucks. So I will be tearing up pitches left and down, up and down, all over Beaverton. I'm so excited about these pairs. I can't even speak properly, but it's all under the guise of trying to get better because, you know, in case your boy ever needs to do a Marvel Cinematic Universe cameo, I can't be old uh, Chunky Ned. I've got to be Indian Flash and be a little bit svelte. (laughs) And then the other thing, because I haven't really pulled the trigger yet on the Jordan 37 undefeated colorway. I instead opted for the undefeated 37. They they say they're basketball shorts, but these are literally some of the heaviest shorts I've ever held. They feel like a weighted blanket, but I'm excited because <laughs> as Mike and I were chatting, you can never have enough camo shorts in the rotation, especially when things get warmed up. So that copping was one in mind for future seasons, but can't go wrong. Everything I've seen thus far of that undefeated collab with Paolo Benchero as the mm-hmm. spokesperson has been nothing but flame. So keep it up, Michael. Keep it up, Paolo. Keep it up, undefeated brand, because you guys are killing it with that. Dare I say a doom-like hot streak. <laughs> well, I got to tell you something. So I know your daughter's still very young, one years old, right? Yeah. So if she decides to get into soccer, if she decides to get into any sport, just know that because I'm 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 coaching my my son, I decide, hey, you know what? If he gets cleats, I get cleats too, which is a very poor decision because we're just have our doorway in, in our garage is just filling up with cleats. I bought him three like in a matter of months, and I'm like, oh, I need some too, and it's just getting out of hand. So just be ready. That will that will happen. If if whatever sports you choose is, you will just go ahead and join in, in the oh. uh, apparel piece of it. I like you. My sole purpose in life when these little ones are born is to be their greatest type man until they find one their own age. So yeah, uh, if she wants to go ahead and do competitive tumbling, your boy's going to buy a 2-2. It'll probably be a 4-4 because of how big I will be compared to everybody else in the class. But let's go for it because you know what? Dads need to be in their kids' lives. That's my one uh, infomercial more, you know, rainbow for the episode. (laughs) Hey, no, you're right. And make sure it's camo. But yeah. Here's a billion dollar idea for all our tutu enthusiasts out there. Make the camo tutu because you know what? Not only will the kids like it, the dads will like dads it. Are gonna and love there's it. nothing more gully than a bunch of dudes next to the bar in their camo tutus just ready to squawn on a buddy. Let's go. I'm ready to pull a muscle left and right. Let's do that. Yeah. Plie <laughs> up in this monthly monthly. But we're not here for that. We're here for a couple of curated topics that our guy Mike has prepared for this show because it is just a two man game. So we'll probably power through these. 
Mike, what's first on the agenda? Yeah, first on the list, since, you know, NBA is going on as we speak. I think the Lakers are playing the Mavs right now. And speaking of, you know, the Mavs, new players getting player, or I should say their own exclusive signatures now. Luka got his last year. Now we're looking at a few individuals, a couple, yeah, three individuals that I know of right now who are looking to have one on shelves soon if they're not there already. But we have three guys I want to talk about, break them down, uh, three different brands, one being Ling Ning, Jimmy Buckets, the man himself out there in Miami, just holding that team afloat right now, which side note, 40 for 40 free throws of the night is a magical stat that never will be broken, I feel like. So kudos to the Heat on that. But uh, Jimmy B joining the Ling Ning family. Uh, with the likes of Dwayne Wade, uh, with D'Angelo Russell, probably a few players out there. He has a pretty sweet-looking shoe. It's the JB1. Uh, it should be releasing here soon. I think we have a release date of scrolling, scrolling, January scrolling. 14th. January 14th. January 14th. So this yep. week. So I guess you guys will probably hear this after the fact. But it's a pretty sleek shoe. I'm really impressed by it um, with a world full of – and I don't say this in a disrespectful way, a world full of copycats in a sense of a lot of the same design language on a sneaker. The JB1 has really standout potential, I feel like. If Ling Ning were to push the shoe hard in the States, Jimmy Butler, I think, has a big enough fan base to make a dent in some of these uh, the sales, especially with that vacancy left by Kyrie. Um, I don't know. It's a good looking shoe. Uh, I would love to get it on foot. I know we can rely on our brothers from another uh, another channel, the, the guys at uh, Wear Testers, Chris and the, t- the team there to get a performance review probably sooner than later. But I'm interested to see what this holds because I, I think they're going to put out a great product for them. Yeah. Off of initial looks alone, it's unique in a good way. And I think the Miami Sunrise is the perfect motif to kind of commemorate this launching of a new silhouette. I am taken back by the design in a way that I didn't anticipate because I don't want to say this because this comes across extremely biased, but then again, I work where I work. So apologies if I'm ending <laughs> your capabilities from a purist uh, perspective, but this colorway and this structure is not something I would imagine necessarily with Jimmy Butler in mind because Jimmy Butler is a heavy, heavy, rugged type of dude. Like yeah. I would expect something almost to be like a, LeBron-esque shoe because my man usually when he goes full Super Saiyan, he puts the whole city of Miami on his back. And to your point, he has these stat lines every now and then that you have to kind of be like, did Wilt do this or did Jimmy do this? Because that 40 (laughs) for 40 is pretty impressive. Now, that being said, I am really intrigued by this. And because all of our topics are a reoccurring circle, the thing that got me most about the JB1 is they're actually calling their insoles the Doom insoles. So there you go, Victor Von Doom. Like I said, this might be a sign. Everywhere. You just have to know where to look and how to look for it. I am intrigued to see what else they do because this first colorway is fantastic. But if we don't get that big head coffee or whatever his coffee was inside the bubble colorway, and I know we've got a precedence, especially with another JB, the Jordan brand, giving us so many mocha-inspired kicks... Come on, let's get it for JB because I think as of right now, I'm very intrigued by this. And that's something I don't necessarily say about Li Ning. And yeah. Mike, my question to you, because I think you have a better overall understanding of their roster. Is he automatically the best active player on their roster from an endorser perspective? Yeah, I was sitting there while you were saying I was thinking like, who else is there? Like I said, I know D'Angelo Russell, but he's been fairly quiet this season ever since Cat went down uh, with the Timberwolves. They've been a quiet team, so it's not really, you know – being pushed hard, even though it seems like Dwayne Wade kind of handpicked 
uh, D'Angelo Russell to be his successor of the line. Uh, I would have to say I think JB is going to be the strongest uh, in a sense of talent, uh, presence, and the team. Better market. I mean, Miami's a great market. He's going to be able to do a lot of things with that community down there when it comes to the shoe. Uh, so I think he's going to be able to, just like you said, go full Super Saiyan, but not on the court only, but in the sneaker selling fashion to, I think this is a way for Ling Ning to come in and, hey, let's push some, uh, get some American territory because I think just design language, looking at things like, you know, you would, what you would know is like the the, the Zoom uh, with a GT cut that mm-hmm. really gives me that same kind of uh, that vibe there. So I think this would be something that, you know, those guards, Heck, I guess anyone wears a low cut shoe now like that. Anybody playing hoops, you know, they're hooping. They're gonna they're gonna gravitate towards that kind of shoe. So I think it's a good chance to do very well. Yeah, and like you said as well, the person that we most associate with Lee Ning has been Wade Wade, or so to speak, with Dwayne Wade's colorway and Dwayne Wade's model. But at the same time, there's enough homage to this shoe that I feel like it's a part of that family tree, if you will. Mm-hmm. So. Good job as well, because I think the best sneakers are the ones that pay homage to the ones in the past, but then they carve their own trail and carve their own path. So I think JB1 might be that. And you know what? I won't even say might. I think it is a step in the right direction. So I'm really excited to see what else they do with this going forward. Yeah. And last thing on that, you say you need a big head coffee colorway. I need a Rasta colorway to commemorate his offseason dreads because that was a show within itself because the press conferences were hilarious. Now, secretly, he might be the funniest dude in the league. Because, <laughs> he might be. I mean, we're so used to our NBA pitchmen being funny in the commercial sense, but Jimmy, Jimmy will let you know. Like, and he's angry funny. And I feel like, if given the option, I would always like an angry funny person in my life, as opposed to like a jovial funny person. So, I guess in the Daily Show sensibility, I'm a little bit more Lewis Black than I am Trevor Noah. But everybody has their time and place. But give me a good angry rant anytime. So, right there with you. All right, so let's transition brands now. And I hate to start out like this because I haven't had it in hand, but just initial views. I'm a little underwhelmed, but again, I never played in it, but that's going to be the Nike Jaw 1. I expected a little bit more design language on this one. I'm I'm going to assume it performs well because Jaw is probably the second coming of Derrick Rose. And God bless his knees. I hope they, you know, hope they sustain. Um, but I just, I don't know. Just for something, for someone like him, I expected, I don't want to say eccentric. I don't want him to get crazy. You know, we don't want spikes coming off of it. But you look at some of the other first offerings of, yeah. Like, I mean, the only guy I could, I think, initially make a comparison to is maybe Kyrie, maybe KD as well, in mm-hmm. terms of these super hyped young players that from day one have just been pushed to the moon and rightfully so. And what takes me back about the Joshua is it feels very safe for a player that isn't safe. And I yeah. would say like, if you're describing somebody with the likes of a John Morant, I love the Derrick Rose comparison. I just think this dude is inherently angry. Like there's a certain chip on his shoulder. And I think we had this conversation a lot. And dare I say, cause I'm quick to hyperbole, uh, hyperbole in this 
I don't think we've seen an athlete match his city more in terms of cultural identity and intensity since either Derrick Rose in Chicago or Allen Iverson in Philly with John Memphis. That dude is the personification of grit and grind. Every time he sets foot on the court, with all due respect to Anne One, he's looking to collect bones and he's collecting <laughs> souls. The way he dunks on people, the way he's so violent. And I hate using that word to describe him, but that is really the one thing that you can do when you watch him, especially in these games where everything gets so congested because as of right now, Ja has no shot, but that doesn't matter because the dude will jump over you. Literally. And I think, yeah, literally. <laughs> Wait, if there's anybody that's going to give us a Frederick Vice type dunk, it's going to be Ja and poor unsuspecting, usually Eastern European center. So please, if you have a Bogdanovich or a Malahosevich, or a Kronovich, or anybody ending an itch in your NBA life. You're in danger. Just tell them about that boy in Memphis. <laughs> You're in actual danger for your life. You might want to get your contract secured before you get dunked on by John Moran. But I, you know what? I'm going to make the assumption we're going to probably get some pretty dope colorways of the sneaker. I feel like they're going to they're going to probably push some pretty cool, some loud things. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I get a lot of PG1 in this shoe. When I look at it, I was going to say Janowski, which is yep. kind of tongue firmly because you can't spell Janowski without Ja. And, <laughs> you know what? I didn't even. No, I look at the midsole. I, I see Janowski now. Like as, when I see that, that's crazy. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I guess it comes across that. Apologies to the designer of the shoe, who's a friend of mine. But there's just something inherently safe and that's not something we're used to with exciting players like John Moran and to your point I think we are going to see some heat coming down the pipeline okay time out did you know that we have an entire network of podcasts that's right it's called the retrospect podcast network and it includes a number of shows that you might like if you're enjoying this one first up is for the f1 fans exhaust notes is a formula one podcast that's the perfect balance for the new fans joining the sport and the tried and true diehard f1 fans who've been there all along New episodes of Exhaust Notes drop every Tuesday on all of your favorite podcast platforms and at exhaustnotes.fm. We've also got a show for the fitted hat collectors out there called Crown and Stitch. As a baseball fan, I've been obsessed with hats for as long as I can remember, and the number of people collecting now has gone through the roof. It reminds me of sneakers back in the day, and I absolutely love seeing creativity of the new releases. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode of Crown and Stitch on all of your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube at youtube.com slash crownandstitch. If you follow me personally on social platforms at Nick Engvall, you probably already know I first dipped my toes in the podcast game back in 2015 with a show called Outside the Box. Originally hosted by my friends Brandon Edler and Jacques Slade, it eventually evolved into a show with Tiffany Beers, Jacques Slade, and myself, and then into an interview series with some amazingly creative guests. While the show has gone through a lot of changes throughout the years and is currently on hiatus, a lot of people have been enjoying past episodes recently, and I'm excited to say I have new episodes in the works for the new year. We'll be adding new podcasts to the Retrospect Network in the coming months as well. In fact, if you'd like to advertise on any of the shows, be a guest on any of the shows, or even talk to us about getting your own podcast started, reach out to us at podcast at sneakerhistory.com and find out more about the podcast network at retrospectpodcast.com. Just right now, you almost have to have your preliminary intro from a colorway perspective, test the waters. Yeah. And while there is a flashiness to that initial colorway, I just feel like they've left something out in the court or on the design table. But we can't judge somebody on just that preliminary colorway. Now, I would ask you this, knowing next to nothing about it, especially in terms of how it performs, Yeah. what one aesthetic change would you make to the shoe, Mike, to kind of bring it back to match the essence of one John Morant? Well... <laughs> 
you know what is something I would change about the shoe would be the the sole kit, the tooling used. It that's it just looks again. And you made the perfect comparison. The Janowski it looks very slim, very streamlined, very hey, I'm gonna looks like. The, the the basketball shoe uh and then this is not again i'm trying to say this with no disrespect because I, I no disrespect toward the shoe but it seems like more of a kind of dual performer for a kid who's going to school in the shoe but also playing on playground with it yeah and maybe that's the audience for this shoe is the maybe, fact that maybe as you look at some of the marketing material from nike with regards to the john morant one one of the things that caught my eye the most was this significant bullet point around the fact that this is nike's own acknowledgement of the first gen z athlete mm-hmm. so whether we want to admit it or not when we see that type of language you're inevitably ushering in a new era whether you mean to do it or not yeah. and i like your call out of the fact that i think this is probably meant for a high durable kid shoe because a lot of these kids are going to take that fearlessness that we associate with a john morant and apply it to not only the basketball court but other facets of their life and yeah. now it's hung somewhat firmly in my cheek maybe that's the reason why we did the janowski parallel to this because the way that man gets air it's actually closer to a skateboarder than it is a basketball player <laughs> and the way he contorts his body is similar to what we would expect from a skateboarder spinning on his or her axis so maybe the Janowski thing is warranted because that's the inspiration that they're going for but we're also probably giving them a little bit too much credit but i don't know audience please get back to us on our yeah. discord on our social what do you guys make of this shoe because as of right now things are quiet and it's almost eerily quiet yep no, I'm right there with you. And really to round out the new class of Player 6 coming out. <laughs> so I almost have this question of, before we get into it, Roy, just in your opinion, and again, I know your position on you, you can answer this as um, not answering as possible. <laughs> Do you feel that with all the SIGs they're trying to put out now, are the – or either A, are new designers getting a chance, or B, are they stretching those one, two, three designers too thin to where maybe we're not getting the best out of them? Because I look at this uh, this new one that we have coming out for uh, Jason Tatum, and I'm looking like, huh, we okayed that one, huh? So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I'll be devil's advocate in this sense, Mike. I'm familiar with a lot of the designers that make up the Nike identity, if you will, of mm. footwear. And I, the comparison I want to make is you get to a point, especially with certain big teams, that they don't want to give a chance to young players because all they covet is that W. And the only way you can get W is using your experienced players, your players that are there almost more likely not to make a mistake than yeah. they are wanting to try something and then a mistake happens. Because I do almost feel that I know one person in particular has got three upcoming signature athletes. And that seems daunting to me when you just have one. So by adding three, yeah, like you, whether you like to admit it or not, your attention is going to divert. And I get that there may be blending characteristics amongst multiple colorways and multiple silhouettes, especially if they're sharing the same papa or the same mama that's designing them. Yeah. But I do think yeah. there is something to be said of as we're kind of ushering in this new era, this post-LeBron era from a player perspective, we should also think about that from a design perspective because 
familiarity breeds contempt. And if we see the same four designers over and over again, whether we like it or not, we are going to get somewhat tired of it. So why not give somebody new a chance? Because yeah. if for no other reason, it's valuable reps. And like we were saying with the Jow one, you can't necessarily judge something off its first colorway or its first design. Mm-hmm. Let some of these guys make their initial rookie mistakes in their first shoe. And you know what? Model two, model three, model four is going to be all the more better for it because it's this attitude that you're cultivating of, I can't make a mistake. And I can speak for somebody who's been in a high profile industry. When you're a young gun, all you want is an opportunity. And sometimes you won't get that opportunity because people are too scared for you to make a mistake. But making a mistake is a part of life. So I'll get off my self-help soapbox. And to answer your question, Mike, yes, I do think we do need to inflect new blood into the industry, whether that's doing cosmetic finishing up changes of a toolkit or a colorway, but spread the wealth because it's a great time to be a basketball fan. It should also be a great time to be a fan of designer footwear or performance-based footwear. Yeah. Now, and you know, you make a good point, man. This is like I said, you got to give people a chance in that first, you know what? The first one made it through. Let's see what that second, third one looks like. You just never know. Um, and I just noticed something not necessarily the Nike side of things, because Nike, I think they feel like they take more chances with the athletes and their signatures. But the Jordan brand side, I feel like it's – I almost – if I was in that position um, to be a Jordan brand basketball you know, signature athlete, I would say, you know what? Can I just have PEs of a – you know, the retros? Because right. I feel like it's almost like getting – the scraps almost. So I'm looking at Jason uh, Jason Tatum's shoe. Again, it's it's not the best picture. It is kind of fuzzy. It almost reminds me. It looks like they took the Luca and they say, "Hey, let's make the Luca tall. Put this extra kind of uh, protection on the side because we see that Jason Tatum likes to get up, and protect protect those right. feet, and it might be balancing on a well, not balancing, but sitting atop a exposed zoom bag. I'm, I'm not too sure. Again, this is a very first look. Uh, but I could say if we put the Luca and the Jason Tatum next to each other, called them nothing but Jordan brand performance, I would think, oh, Luca's the low, Jason Tatum's the high version. Right. And it is interesting to me to see Jordan brand take a swing because uh, in the way that so we're so used to Jordan brand relying on retros and then giving those signatures to a few prestigious group of athletes. It's not necessarily been, you get a signature, you get a signature in the same way that let's say Nike basketball may have kind of molded the modern sensibilities of a player arsenal. Because I think for the longest time, it felt like this is the highest collection of talent that have got signature shoes from a Nike basketball perspective. And Jordan brand was always good to reflect the other side of the spectrum where it was, okay, there's the flagship shoe, which if we're fortunate, they'll give us some player that they're going to tie it to for this upcoming season's performance. But very rarely would we see something outside of established stars, ironically, like your Chris Pauls or your Carmelo's, because this current influx of young talent, like Tatum, Zion, Luca, I can't think of Jordan Brand getting this young so quickly and so comprehensively. So that's been something fascinating to watch. And I am encouraged by that because it does seem to me that Jordan Brand is now thinking outside of MJ, which is saying something because Mm -hmm. we can't think of any other brand that has such a large shadow being cast over every single one of its products when it's being released yeah and kudos to jordan brand for taking those swings like i said we're going off of one pixelated heavily sanitized photo (laughs) i think 
I, I mean, and I'm going to use what we like to call our psychologist words of, I think I feel I know. Mm-hmm. I think that when we get a clearer picture, some of the uproar is going to subside. Oh, for sure. But I do think there is going to be left some room for improvement. But I mean that in the best way, because we still have to reward Jordan Brand for taking that step to that next level. Because mm-hmm. of the fact that we have, where you've killed them before to for saying, why are you guys always relying on retros? Yeah. Except for the performance base. So now when they are actually listening to us as a fan base, then we can't fault them for that because it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Oh, yeah, you can't win in sneakers, man. Everyone's always complaining about something. You're never going to (laughs) win. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So that really rounds out our talk of the, you know, new player signatures. I know Nike's going to have another one coming up with Devin Booker. So I'm guessing within the next couple weeks, couple months, we'll see a picture of that one popping up because they're just rounding these bad boys off. And um, so we'll see that coming up. I'm sure we'll see the next model for everyone else as well. Um, Mike, I mean, if you don't mind me saying yeah. the interesting thing that's going to be really wild to see is what you just kind of called out with Luca and Jason Tatum in terms of a similarity of shoe, but a different cut. I do believe that the same designer is behind the jaw is also going to be behind not only the Devin Booker, but the Sabrina Ionescu. So that's oh, going to be a nice cross reference to see, okay, are we seeing similar characteristics of this particular designer style being carried out in not only one silhouette, but three? Because I do think whether you know that or not, you are in unintentionally or intentionally invoking in a new creative era. Yep. And I think to that point of if it hits and the design works for everybody, that's no greater feeling because you not only caught lightning in a bottle, you caught it three separate times. Yep. But if there's any bit of that that feels forced or off, I do worry about that because that's three times the missteps as well. So I applaud the big gambit. There's your other Marvel reference for the day, Mike, uh, that Michael <laughs> and Jordan are taking. But it's definitely one right now that we're going to see how this evolves. Because like the season in basketball, the sport, the season in basketball performance footwear is still very young. So we kind of have to bite our tongues right now. Yeah. And leaving off on that topic, I don't know if you've seen it yet. It is an independent brand out in, I want to say China, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those shoes, the series player only? Uh, no, I haven't. So check them out when you can. I know some of our listeners may have seen them pop up a lot on uh, on Instagram, but the shoe is very reminiscent of the Kobe 8, Kobe 9 low, and Kobe 11. And apparently this shoe is catching basketball world by storm. It is, uh, I'm not going to lie, they're filling that void that Nike has not yet been, you know, putting things back into the Kobe. And I wouldn't be surprised just kind of circling back at the person who's designing this could find themselves in a position to be designing for, you know, bigger brand lately or later because the shoe's solid and apparently it, it plays well from, from what I've seen. So just like you said, new talent coming, not only from, you know, the big brand, the big boys, Nike and Jordan, but even with, you know, outside brands, you'd still look at brands like Adidas who are putting out a lot of, uh, signatures and some new like I say, everyone's next models coming soon so i'm pretty interested to see what that looks like because i guess with COVID and a lot of things that normal calendar release of those uh next models has been kind of kind of janky to say the least but i know we got harden's number seven coming uh, i'm sure we got another kd um, got a trey young as well trey young mean, everyone has something bit. coming along with our our new teams like i didn't even realize sabrina unesco is going to get a signature so that's that's really cool. So I'm, I'm no matter how critical I am, I'm always excited to see a new model. I'm always excited to try a new model. It just 
that's that's our job to be critical what <laughs> I, mean, I, I respect where you're coming from i think we do have to be critical but we also have to give flowers because i oh, think yeah. in our industry we're so quick to say oh this shoe sucks because x y and z yeah and unfortunately not that's not the corner of sneaker history as a podcast as a community lives on we're the nice guys of sneakers for better or for worse and i do think that one advantage that we have is we'll give you your kudos if you deserve it oh yeah and i think that just initially seeing the serious player only shoe for the very first time as you and I are chatting, man, if nothing else, it gets me really hyped to see what Nike is going to do with Kobe because yeah. I think you and I didn't discuss this prior to our pre-show meeting, but one of my biggest things I'm looking forward to this year is seeing the culmination of Kobe 2.0, so to speak, or yeah. 3.0, depending on how you want to view his entire Nike career of what are they going to do? Because if I remember correctly, the eights are up next. And I think for a lot of us, that was our Kobe shoe. That was the one that got us. And I know this, I have a decent amount of Kobe's. I'm not a collector in the sense that some of our community members or even other famous sneaker folk are, but the eight just hits it a bit differently. And when you have iconic colorways, like the Mamba Curial for the very first time, the, what the Kobe eights, I am just hoping there's enough for all of us. And please Nike basketball, please Vanessa Bryant, just, (laughs) Take us into account if you can. Yeah, let's sell, let's sell them things everywhere. Let's sell them at Academy. Let's sell them at Dick Sporting Goods. Pick pick a store. Let's, let's sell them there so we can all get our hands on them. <laughs> no, because, and the reason why I say this is because if the Kobe's aren't at the stock that we need, mm-hmm. I can see some people trying these serious player onlys, especially the yellow and black colorway, because mm-hmm. my goodness, there's a little bit of a Kobe 4, there's a little bit of a Kobe 8. And if there's one thing Kobe stands love, it's an amalgamation of styles because I would make the argument that I think he almost popularized that what the concept from a basketball performance perspective. Oh, yeah. No, I can definitely second that with you, man. So speaking of, you know, Kobe and uh, the Pro Tro coming back for a second coming, we're actually going to transition out of new basketball into old basketball with Jordan reimagined. Now, I... I really don't have a positive or negative thing about it. I'm really in the middle because it really doesn't, it doesn't bother me so much. Um, But as you guys have seen, starting with the lost and found Jordan one that came out around Christmas time. I know I'm acting like you guys don't know. Um, Jordan brand is looking to bring back this nostalgia by pretty much giving you a, a worn shoe, something looks like it came from the archives, something looks like they pulled from the vault from 1980, picked the year. And next up is going to be the Jordan 3 in the white cement colorway. Um, but we look like we have rumors of this train not stopping. So, Rod, I mean, I really want to get your thoughts on it because I'm impartial, honestly. I, I'm cool with it, but I know there's a lot of division between older sneakerheads and younger sneakerheads who, you know, they're always button heads to begin with, right? Right. No, and the thing is, I famously said that if it's a Jordan 3 in the OG colorway, I'm going to buy it regardless what it is going to be construed as. I'm not necessarily one for the age look, but I also realize this is a young person's game. And I am now slowly moving into that advanced age where my opinion probably won't count as much. I like this Jordan 3, but I also am not a fan of the hype. So if I get my hands on it, great. If not, it's not going to break my day anymore because of the fact that... We have to take that positive attitude around, hey, if you don't get it, hopefully somebody is that's deserving gets it. And it's not going to be resale fodder where it's just sitting in a warehouse until somebody works up the courage to say, you know what? I'm willing to pay upwards of 400 for this colorway because that's not how it's supposed to go. But maybe it will. 
That being said, I am interested to see how long this fad, because right now I can't be convinced any of anything other than the fact that this is a fad For of sure. age sneakers is going to go. So if I am wrong, I'm eating the biggest slice of humble pie because then they're going to retro every Jordan under the sun with this reimagined thing. And yeah, I will gladly take my L like that Floyd Mayweather meme does where he's just throwing them out. But <laughs> As of right now, I don't think it's long for this world. Mike, how are you feeling, though? Because I'm sure you have a nuanced take that I just haven't seen yet with this reimagined line. Yeah, you know what? It's one of those things. I, I'm on the same train of thought as you where how long for this sneaker world is this is this fad? How long are people going to want their shoes? I guess pre-distressed is the way they call it, pre-aged or whatever it is. Because we come from the the time where... We wanted our shoes to be as crispy as possible for as long as possible. Um, but again, I'm on the same train of thought of wear your shoes. Let them look at whatever. I mean, of course, they're muddy. Clean them off. But let them age naturally to have that look. So I guess I'm okay with either way. But I just want to know what happens when that when that trend ends. Like Nike, from, from a rumor, our Jordan brand, both the same entity, uh, are going to be riding this train at least till 2024 where we have rumors of this year holiday instead of a Jordan one of Chicago, we're getting black tone to reimagine. And then next year, my all time favorite Jordan one, the Royal is going to come out in 2024 uh, in a reimagine. So they got me kind of by the, the heartstrings on that, on that Royal because I really want that one. So I, I, I mean, regardless of hopefully it's not patent leather anything other than that i'm gonna try to get but i've also heard rumors of a jordan 11 reimagined which i hope they're not going for a worn look with patent leather because that i don't see that one going well but who am i right so let me ask you the old man in the club trying to be hip trying to be suave but realizing i'm hopelessly out of my depth I'm if right these shoes are aged does that mean the duration and the life cycle of the shoe is also shortened in a sense you know what i wonder the same thing because if you look at that uh the lost and found one for example the ankle collar is like super cracked already so and let's say instead of the shoe lasting 10 strong years is it they might down to like seven five years before it really just starts looking stupid no, I mean, almost as stupid as taking a bite while the other person's talking. To the <laughs> Don't worry, I've been like sneaking slushy. I'm like, <laughs> no, but I guess kudos to Jordan brand and Nike brand for flipping on us and making us have kind of shoes that have a shorter shelf life. But mm-hmm. that's where I really hope this is not a indicator of where fashion and where sneakers are going, because I get the distress look is kind of in. I never was a fan for it. Like I have this weird tendency of, I love a pair of jeans, but even if I see a strategically placed hole, it's not for me. Please get it out of my sight. I'm paying X amount for the whole jeans, not one that's missing with a patella. So I don't know. Like it's going to be fascinating to me to see how long this fad continues because why people would continue to do this? Because I think we've always taken our scars, our scuffs, are frayed laces as badges of honor because there's a story behind every single one of them. And it's interesting to me that we're now trying to artificially create those moments of luck or misfortune, depending on how you want to look at it. But yeah, I mean, more uh, kudos to everybody involved because if that's what's, if that's where the industry's headed, we'll begrudgingly go there lockstep, but yeah, not sure how this continues to go forward. 
Yeah, my question about that is the you know talking about hey you know I broke this shoe in this is what happened whether it be good bad or indifferent. My my most broken in pair Jordan ones is my uh, metallic metallic navies. Mm-hmm. I think I wore those seemed like almost for like over a year straight. They're broken in to be the most comfortable Jordan one I own, and it's almost kind of is is the shoe already pre broken into where it's now super comfortable or is it just giving me the facade of hey we're gonna scuff up the leather on the top layer but you gotta still do all the work now i'm, I'm almost more inclined to say this is broken in i'm cool I'm, I'm ready to go but what am i working with at that point no but you would think that as well mike because of the fact that if it is broken in on a cosmetic front then i feel like you're doing a disservice and if nothing else word is going to travel far and wide from sneakerheads everywhere saying you know what these shoes aren't broken in and maybe it's a sign of the times of how frequently we wear certain pairs in our collection that the breaking in process is going to take longer, if not be completely non-existent. Because if you're wearing a shoe maybe once every six months, good luck breaking it in. It's never yeah. going to happen. So maybe that's something that's already been accounted for as well with these reimagined designs. Because the thought is you're not going to wear these every day. So why is there even any effort to break these in? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. But I mean... I never would have thought that Will Ferrell's Mugatu from Zoolander called it. Uh, the whole Derelict collection is literally what I'm looking at with uh, with clothes and shoes nowadays. I'm like, man, you guys want to look like Hoba. <laughs> Derelict my balls is the <laughs> punchline. And I know if Robbie was on this episode, he would have knocked that punchline out of the park. I probably got like a ground rule double if I'm being very kind to myself. But yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. If nothing else, we'll support the young guns that are doing it because these two old cats are not a fan of this. No, I'm just here for uh, my Royals. I guess I get them anyway I can get them at this point because I'm not paying more than $200 for a pair of them. You you sickos on these websites are asking way too much money for this pair of shoes. <laughs> and I'm going to think about Victor Von Doom because if I went to Victor Von Doom and said, you know what's hot, Victor? pre-distressed sneakers he would call me a fool with like four exclamation points it would be like the all caps video for mad villain all caps when that man says my name when i bring these absurd statements to him exactly the batman meme of just slapping the absolute mess out (laughs) afterwards i'll look at all the other four 30 somethings and 40 somethings that are not swayed by this and we're all the spider-man meme so really pick your favorite (laughs) superhero meme because it can be used to describe any facet of the sneaker industry oh man well Guys, we, we, we did it but 40 minutes, maybe a little less. I think probably 30 after we edited it. But we want to keep it short, keep it you know quick and easy for you guys today. Just a couple of topics. But you guys, I haven't seen a comment since like July. What, what's going on? We need some New Year's resolutions to drop comments before I send them with them for shortly after y'all. Because uh, I, I'm getting a little, little, little lonely out here with the, without the comments. So guys, drop a comment. Uh, hit the like Join us, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram. You you pick it, we're there. So go ahead and follow us. Of course, our cohorts, Nick and Robbie, will be back with us soon. So don't worry. We won't be running a two-man game all the time. So we will have our, our four-man crew back soon. But uh, Roy, where can they find you, bud? You can find me on Instagram at RoadM13. You can find me on Twitter at Roheasy. Like Mike said, it's a new year. Give us new memes to work with in the reviews because if there's nothing else, we're going to work hard for you on that front because – Mike and I can talk about almost any facet of the shoe game for at least 30 minutes. No questions asked. It's where you guys give us that extra content that we like to work into these shows. If for no other reason, make our co-hosts giggle. So that's why I get up and I do this every day is to make that man smile and the other two gentlemen who are not with us. So that being said, Mike, where can they find that million dollar smile of yours all across the digital landscape? 
everywhere. You can find me here, of course, on Sneaker History. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. And of course, you can find me on YouTube at Mike Guillory. So across the uh, the multiverse of the internet, I'll, I'll be there. And not only that, I will brag about my co-host because, Mike, you have a new show as well, which uh, for some of us that are early morning risers, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm an early riser. You know, me and Roy have have kids. We have family. So we're up before the sun anyway. But for my early guys and girls out there who like a little bit of coffee to start their day every Friday morning, 8 a.m. Central Time. I got a show called Coffee and Kicks or Coffee Time Kicks. I should know my own show. Uh, <laughs> Coffee Time Kicks. And what it is, is just a very nice way to digest the week's sneaker news in a very easy manner where you're not having to go search it. I give you a few releases, maybe hopefully give you a few laughs. And this time through high demand, I actually talk about the coffee I'm drinking. So go ahead, join me 8 a.m. Friday morning. Let's talk some sneakers, drink a little caffeine and get our day going. Please don't sue him, Jerry Seinfeld. I please think don't sue most, Yeah, please don't sue. That's our goal. <laughs> All right, well, if we have nothing else, thank you guys so much for spending your time with us, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Peace, everybody. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.